Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Nothing is going to replace you actually reaching out to someone and staying on top of, hey, what's going on in your world? How can I support you and what you're doing? How can I serve you better? Nothing is going to replace that. That part will always be there. But there are tools and there are resources that will help take away some time from other menial tasks that you can put back into the relationship part. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Jonathan Callanan, strategic marketer, course and community builder, and with Michael Delon of Positioning Experts, then do check them out. You're in for a treat. But only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Desi Bolin. She's the founder and CEO of Virtually Sourced Solutions, an international strategic virtual assistance consultancy firm with pillars of integrity, quality, service, collaboration, and innovation. As a published author, course creator, and certification founder, she and her team truly put their over 65 specialties to highly efficient highly effective use. Desi's really busy. She has two young kids at home, aged six and three, and of course the ability to multitask to get things done is really important to her, and she brings all that skill to her clients. Virtually sourced solutions focus on relationship-based selling, networking and collaboration, operating solely on word of mouth and referrals. She lives to help others succeed through proven, repeatable scaling and growth. In our conversation today, Desi talked to me about hiring for culture, for values and mission fit. We talked about the importance of systems and processes. And we talked about building personal connections with marketing tools. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Desi Hi, I'm your host Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today from Okanogan, Washington State in the United States, Desi Bolin, who's the founder and owner of Virtually Sourced Solutions. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Desi. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Oh, it is my honor, Jürgen. I'm happy to be here. 
Now, you help businesses scale and grow in a repeatable way, give them more free time for sales and growth. So I'm really keen to dig into all those areas a little bit more today. Before we do that, though, what's the impact you're making in the world, Desi? Uh, it's really it's really bringing tools and resources to business owners, uh, particularly small business owners that uh, they either are not aware of or they don't utilize to the full potential. Um, and that that's the impact I'm I'm really making, especially speaking uh, here in the last few months, especially as COVID's ramping back up with all these different strains and um, so. Uh, globally, that's what I'm doing. Mm, yeah, I love, I love the focus on not not just the tools that business owners may not be aware of, but also how to use them the best. And I think there's lots of tools out there that people kind of think they drive themselves, but that's not the case, is it? No, it no, it really is not. Um, a lot of tools um, put it off as you know this is a solution anyone can use really but in reality it's a lot more in depth than that it takes a lot of uh, knowledge about integrations and how these systems work together uh, to create a tool that will actually um, take things off their plate so to speak Mm. okay well we'll dig into some examples in a moment Um, what, what i'd like to explore with you first though is about your business so it's virtually sourced solutions and i'm guessing part of that is virtual assistance but you talk about svi strategic virtual assistance so tell us what differentiates svi strategic virtual assistance from the -the run-of-the-mill virtual assistance if you like oh yes absolutely so you know in this day and age everyone is familiar with virtual assistants and that's where i started when i started the company but now i have evolved sba is my trademark uh strategic virtual assistance is really differentiated uh from a general va because we have over uh, 70 different specialties we help businesses with and it's in a modular model so a business will come to us but we don't necessarily need to do all of it but we can deep dive with them and really figure out what they need to scale and grow in that repeatable way. Um, And then we go from there. Uh, So really the differentiator is how many services we offer, the breadth of services and um, the expertise we have in those, because we've we've done these processes with over 64 different industries and sub-industries, so it can really be applied to anyone. Hmm. So how, how did you get started with building this kind of extensive team that has specialist skills in so many different areas? <laughs> um, so I am a classic type A overachiever. I am a mom. I've got two kids. I have a six and a four-year-old. Toddlers, as you can imagine, I'm busy, but uh, the international consultancy is also my baby. Uh, we're going on four years now. In just a couple of months, we'll hit our four-year anniversary. Um and it's just, it's a passion play of mine because I am able to serve people on a massive scale, um, who are, have misconceptions, who don't fully understand processes and systems. And I'm able to sit there and, and, you know, kind of walk them through. And as I mentioned, I did evolve because I did begin as a general VA. Um, but my overachiever, you know, mindset, I just, I can't let it lie. I'm, I'm a perpetual student. So. 
um, I love learning new things. And then I, I love taking that to, um, to the masses, so to speak. Hmm. Well, in some ways you're eating your own dog food, right? Because one of the, one of the big arguments, I think, for, um, engaging virtual assistants is a business owner can't do everything or a business can't do everything and bringing assistance on board that can take some of the activities off their plate is is the way to scale any business really and you've basically implemented that in your own business so tell us a little bit about how you went about that process because i really like the idea of making sure that you know you're bringing on board all these complementary skills absolutely yes so when i am looking to bring on another team member it is super important to me, not only to me, but to also my clients, because a lot of times when I bring on a team member, it's not just for myself, I will also have them take on client work as needed. Um, so it's important to me that they be of like mindset and methodologies, and they hold up to, to my mission, vision and values. And I think that is something that a lot more people need to, to really vet people they're going to be working with, or, um, bringing on board uh that that's i use predictive index uh that's one of the tools that i use uh to really determine working style and team style uh to figure out the best way to work together and um you know complementary work styles are are always best mm. so there's an important point there isn't it hiring for alignment to the values the culture and and the mission of of the business yeah absolutely you know everyone on my team they themselves are mothers um well aside from my brother he is the one man on my team right now <laughs> um but i did also bring on board my mom so it's it's not just a passion play for myself it's really a passion play for my family mm. yeah that's a fascinating model now can you give us an example of of the type of work you do for clients oh for sure like i said i have over over 70 specialties so i've got stories up the wazoo um but it, it ranges really from the general va stuff which i won't really dive into but the tools and resources i mentioned at the beginning that are are little known or not utilized the high level support stuff, that's really where I love to live because it is so insightful and really uh, propels the company forward when they're put in place. So the main things I do there, net promoter score surveys. Not a lot of people know what they are, but they've all seen one. Um, internal insight team surveys. I also flip it around and do it internally to figure out what your team needs. And then I do uh, buyer journey uh, slash customer experience. I also do um, competitive secret shops, total addressable market, sales forecasting, market research. You know, it's essentially you name it and I do it. Hmm. So there's a mix of mix of things there, if I understood it rightly, of um, online things and, and bricks and mortar type work. Um, competitive secret shopping is I'm assuming the one you're referring to. It's mm. this type of secret shopping that I do is digital. Because I live okay. in a yeah. remote area and because I operate globally, it really has to be configured in a way 
but I can do it digitally. And the way I do that, you know, I have my own processes, but it's, it's essentially going through what your customers are going through and letting you know where the loopholes are, where there is a, um, a backstop, so to speak, in, in your process and then sticking around to help you figure out the best way to fix it and implement it in with your other systems. Yeah. Okay. I've got it. And, and that fits in with the buyer's journey work, I'm guessing. Yes. To determine, you know, if, if people are digressing off the buyer's journey that you're intending for them as the, um, service provider or the product provider and uh, to understand where the gaps are in that buyer's journey that are unsatisfied. Yes, absolutely. And that is one of the main points of the Net Promoter Score Survey. I actually have a signature system developed around the Net Promoter Score Survey. It's called the uh, Brand Promo Superpower because it is a superpower. The Net Promoter Score Survey it provides you know, quantitative and qualitative data uh, for business owners about what their past and current cl uh, clients are experiencing and providing feedback in a way that allow a company to take a step back, listen to what their customers are saying, and then implement it. A company that I just worked with, um, we worked with them for about a year. The net promoter score was at the beginning of that time. When we exited uh, just a few months back, they had turned around and sold the company for 1.2 billion that that is 17 times where they started mm. when we were when we started working with them yeah so so did they experience such a rapid growth or was there were there other things that contributed to that much higher valuation uh the higher valuation is really the um is really the net promoter score is the is the baseline essentially but we have other processes and things that we help them implement that covers the full process, right? We go through a bunch of operations. We go through sales and marketing. Um, you know, it's not just a, a one piece kind of deal when, when you work with us. It's kind of a, a holistic approach and the way we do it, it really, it really scales and grows a company, uh, not just on the revenue side, but on the enterprise value side. If someone is looking to exit. Hmm. And you talked earlier a little bit about um, systems and processes. So how important are they for any business and what? how do you help businesses set them up? Absolutely. It's massively important. I can't, I can't express enough how important um, systems, proper systems and, um, and processes are, you know, from the sales funnel to lead nurture funnels, um, to really the platforms that house all of that information. As if, if someone comes to me and asks, you know, what is the first step I need to take? You know, I don't have any processes or systems in place yet. First thing I always say, get a CRM platform, you know, customer relationship management tool. And that's really just to keep track of all your communications with your clients or your prospects or your collaborative partners. It's a way to house all of that. And I do have, um, a very comprehensive free tool that I recommend if someone's not in a position to spend money on a more comprehensive tool. Mm. All right. Well, tell us about that. You've got us curious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. HubSpot 
HubSpot CRM is a very, very comprehensive free tool. Now they do have paid options, but I and most of my clients are still using the free version because there's no need to upgrade. Mm. It is that comprehensive. Um, and you can link it with your email. You can link it and do emailing through that system. You can also link it with your phone and it, the system will automatically track any emails and any phone calls that are made to that person. So it's a way for you to keep track. And, and I, I talk a lot about lead nurturing. Um, lead nurturing essentially is lead generation, but lead nurturing is more a relationship based approach. Because I've, I've operated myself solely on word of mouth and referral for the entire four years I've run my business. And I never paid for ads, never paid for marketing. And that is because I value the human connection. I love having relationships. I love having collaborative partners and I love hearing everyone's story because it's different and everyone needs something different. So the relationship based approach does take more time, but in the end, it is more valuable, not only to your business, but to you. Hmm. Well, I think you're preaching to the converted here on the relationship part. The um, What I like is your focus on using the tools to free time and mm -hmm. investing that time back into those relationships. And I think that's where... A lot of businesses fall down with the technology today. They see the technology as something that can abdicate those relationships or those connections or nurturing the relationships too. They sort of leave it up to the tools. So yeah. I really like that. You know, you it's, it's that on the the that's, that's the message that we want to get out there as well. Nothing is going to replace you actually reaching out to someone and staying on top of, hey, what's going on in your world? How can I support you in what you're doing? How can I serve you better? Nothing is going to replace that. That part will always be there. But there are tools and there are resources that will help take away some time from other menial tasks that you can put back into the relationship part. Hmm. And something like a customer relationship management tool like HubSpot that you mentioned um, mm -hmm. allows you to collect information. I mean, it's kind of like a digital notebook, isn't it? Like in the old days, we'd meet with somebody um, over a coffee perhaps and we'd have a conversation and we'd write things down that piqued our interest or things that we might want to follow up the next time we spoke about them. So let's say, you know, you tell me you've got two kids, so I might make a note of those two kids and what are their names and what are their ages so next time we speak i say well how are, how are those two kids and i ask you by name of the kids and um mm -hmm. absolutely those are just little things that you can use the technology for to have that at your fingertips i like to say it's a uh, it's a digital notebook on steroids because yes it is a notebook basically for you to mm. put down all your thoughts but it is also a reminder system. So you can create tasks in there to, hey, you haven't followed up with this guy in a month, two months, three months, you know, whatever interval you want to follow up with him on. You know, mm. here's your notes. You should reach out. It's something, especially when you're like in my position where I've talked to thousands of people, it is an invaluable tool. Yep, yep. That's a, another really important point is this, 
reminders and again it comes back to this idea of time doesn't it because a reminder is a point in time where you're being prompted hey reach out to that person because you haven't spoken in three months or whatever it might be the, the time that you set so another great example of using the technology to actually build relationships rather than um, you know the classic one which is email marketing and setting setting email marketing on autopilot and just writing generic emails three or four years out that get sent out regularly to those people and and you probably get lots of those i certainly get lots of those and occasionally yeah. i'll open one and read it and it's oh well, that's not speaking to me and it's not personal and oh, i'm not even sure i remember who that person is <laughs> you hit the nail on the head and honestly i'm trying so hard to get these misconceptions around email marketing you know, out of the way, you know, at least if you're going to do email marketing, make it personal, put in personal identifiers. Uh, you know, these CRM platforms that I'm talking about, the one I, I use now is not free, but it is uh, Keep by Infusionsoft and they have merge fields. So you can put in specific information that you want each contact to, to say, hey, they remember me. But if you do email marketing in a way that's that's drip, for a long period of time and it's not personalized, more often than not, you are going to get less than half a percent of engagement from that content. Your um, list is going to get annoyed with that content if it's not massively valuable and they'll unsubscribe and then you lose touch with them. And um, that's really not the right way to go about it. Hmm. Yeah, and there's there's so much that you can do with a tool like, I mean, Keep is, is one example. There's lots of email marketing systems that do the same thing in terms of allowing you to put in placeholder fields. And, you know, it's just the simple example is Dear Desi. So I don't need to put your name in that field. I can send out 100 emails that will each be addressed to the individual in question that that's a simple example now the rest of the email could still be generic so if i'm much more clever about the information i collect and the placeholder fields i put in there um, the dear desi email could have specific things in there that speak to just you as a person and it's still automated the other thing that really gets me annoyed and i still i've got one um business and I just haven't figured out how to how to figure out the duplicate systems I'm on there so I get I get one set of emails because I've bought their products I've got three of their products so I get one set of emails that says you know here's a tip to using this product here's this week's tip and and a lesson that might be a video which is great because I need that it's a complicated product and it's great to learn how to really dig deep into it then I get another email that says, hey, we've got a special offer selling this product at a 20% discount. Um, go here and buy it, which to me is email marketing done completely wrong because they should know that I already have the product and why are they trying to sell it to me again? A hundred percent. I have encountered that so many times, even in my, in my own thing. I'll... Uh... Because I have so many different services, I subscribe to so many different products and, and 
courses and, and different things. And a lot of times I will get that same exact email, say, hey, we're running a discount on this you know, product or service. And, and in my mind, I'm going, I already have that. And then I click unsubscribe. Hmm. Yes, the unsubscribe thing I'm making a lot more use of these days. And I <laughs> noted with, with um, a bit of pride this morning that my email list for the day was quite short, less than 100. Oh, and I, I love it. Hey. Hey, you're probably need to yeah. <laughs> well, at least at least those ones I can scan within about a minute of down to ten things that I actually need to read or do something with, and the other ninety I might get to one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually one day. Uh, that's a, yeah. that's another thing that that I help companies with is figuring out how to automate and filter out their emails so it doesn't seem overwhelming when you go in one of my past clients had over 3,000 emails sitting in her mm. inbox and that was just unread emails I think there was 10,000 in there total and I in a week I took it down to zero for her with a filtering yeah. system so she really knew yeah. what was important and I think well, that is right. a favor yeah, we have that set up as well. And that, that's one of the technologies that I think all businesses should have. I mean, when I say 100 emails, there were three in my inbox and the others were in different places that, you know, I might look at today, I might look at once a week. Um, some of them I don't look at maybe once, I look at maybe once a month. So there's a reading inbox that I know, you know, that could be useful information, but reading when I get to it. Um, so three in my inbox generally will be things that I need to take action on today. The other one I discovered recently, I don't know if you're familiar with this and I, I can't remember its name actually, is a way to bulk unsubscribe from emails by simply um, dragging them into a folder. Yeah. No, um, Google actually, I use Gmail and, and G Suite for, for my uh, company emails. And they have unsubscribe filters. They're not quite at the bulk unsubscribe level, but if you, you know, you don't have to go to the actual unsubscribe link. Google will unsubscribe it for you. And um, those are major time savers. If you get repeated emails that are not providing you value, clear your inbox. You know, don't let them keep clogging. You know, you could skip very important emails from clients or from prospects. Um, just on an inquiry, and it's so important to keep your inbox clear to a point where you can see those important messages. Mm. Yeah, well, you've given us a whole heap of brilliant tips about productivity and building systems and also um, being really personal and building that human connection and nurturing the relationships. So, I could go on for ages, but I'm just aware of the time. So I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our lightning round where I ask the same five questions of each of our guests. And the idea is that you'll share some, some more tips from your experience and inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today. Oh, yeah. Fire away. I'm ready. <laughs> Great. What's the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Oh, to be more innovative is really stay abreast of um, the trends. You know, you don't want to just 
come across it and then uh, bypass it. You actually want to dive into it a little bit. And if it makes sense, continue the education. Um, and that is the number one way to be the most innovative. Mm, yeah, I love it. So keep learning, keep keep um, teaching others as well. Yes. What's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Oh, it's <laughs> it again speaks to the learning. Like I said, I'm, I'm a professional student. Mm. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, but I don't just let it sit in my mind. I actually take action. You have to take action and you have to move with an idea to actually see if it's going to go anywhere. Um, if you just let it fester in your mind, you'll either lose it or, you know, you might not get the momentum with it that you would like to see, um, especially if you start developing it down the line. Mm, yeah, I love that idea of momentum. Um, often, I mean, I'm, I fall into this trap quite a lot. I get a great idea and then I park it. Sometimes that's good because sometimes um, a couple of days later the idea doesn't seem so great. Excitement's <laughs> waned. So that's yeah, kind of maybe exactly an, indi like an indicator that that's not one I want to pursue. But, um, yeah, taking action is important, isn't it? Yes, it is. All right, now favourite resource you use most often. You've mentioned a few resources so far. But... I have a favourite resource. By far, well, oh, there's so many. If you're talking about um, client-facing resource, that would be the CRM system. Like I said, I have used HubSpot. It's so good. But now I use Key. So much more comprehensive and inexpensive. Um, if you're talking about automation tools, oh, there's several. There's a new one that I came across. It's called Apollo.io. That one's pretty fantastic. They have a free, um, a free tier. Um, so you could check that one out. Uh, Phrase Express, that's a great one for automation. It's no more copy pasting. Basically, you create the phrases within that system and then you create a short key on the keyboard to automatically input that. I use it for my networking events to input my bio and my information. Um, and it's fantastic. So that's, that's a few. I know you asked for one, but that's a few. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot there. Um, yeah, I'd, I'm not familiar with Apollo IO. I must have checked that one out. But um, automating things and connecting to them together is just one brilliant way of shortcutting a lot of things and, and making more time. And the phrase express, I like that concept. I mean, I use templates a lot in within emails for things that I send out over and over again. So I must um, explore whether phrase express is a better way of doing that. Oh, well, it, hey, you know, you have my info. Reach out to me if you want to dive deeper into it. <laughs> give you all the uh, email or the web addresses for it. So, Great, thanks. Okay, now uh, the best way to keep a client on track? Is really communication. Communication is number one. Um, yeah, I've, I've talked about this a lot today. I've had a few other recordings and, and um and I was a, a summit on the exact same thing. And it's, you got to talk to your people. You've got to talk to your clients and figure out where they are. Keep in mind where they want to go and then hold them accountable to that. They're not going to have an amazing customer experience and they're not going to succeed as well as they would like if they don't have an accountability partner. And that's what I see myself as. I'm an accountability partner because my clients, they throw projects at me left and right. And if I don't keep them on track with that thought, it's out the window. 
So you got to look mm. at yourself as an accountability partner more than just um, a friend or more than just a um, service provider. Mm. Yeah, I like that. The, be their accountability buddy. Mm. All right. And the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves. Oh, you've got to be genuine. You have to be yourself. And a lot of the time someone is seeing something and they, they run with it, but they're not being true to who they are and what their passions are. And that I think is really key. I, that's why I attract the kind of people that I do because I am myself and I'm not afraid to show that everyone I work with knows I have kids and most of the time I can guarantee you they are not quiet. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's just, you've got to be honest with yourself first and foremost, but then again, you got to turn around and you've got to be honest with the world. I firmly believe that everyone has something to contribute in this world and it can be fueled, fulfilled and funded with a business, but you have to do it from your heart. You can't just do it from your head thinking, Oh, I'm going to do it this way. And then it doesn't work out. And you give up. No, you got to stick to it. Mm, yeah. Great advice. And, and being yourself, being true to yourself is, is something that does require a lot of self-awareness to use that in a way that differentiates you, but it makes life so much easier when you get to that point of attracting people that accept you for who you are because you don't have to put on an act. Absolutely. And it's not just attracting people, but it's, you know, it's being happy with who you are. Because most of the time when someone pretends to be something they're not, they're depressed, they're unhappy, and they're not satisfied. And really the only way to do that is to be who you are unapologetically. Mm, yep. Absolutely. It's a really good point about being unhappy. All right. Well, thanks, Desi. This has been fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, about virtually sourced solutions, and maybe even get in touch to say thanks for what you've shared today? Absolutely. So I am I am all over the place, and I make it a point to be 100% available and accessible at all times. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Messenger, uh, email. Um, I've got inquiry form on my website. Virtuallysource.com uh, really has all of the ways you can contact me, so that's typically the best way. Um, but I'm really available anywhere at any time. All right. Well, we'll have um, those links in the show notes so people can click straight through. Now, do you have any parting advice for our listener today as we wrap it up? <sighs> there are so many tidbits I could give you, but <laughs> the number the number one takeaway is is really truly figure out who you are now i i do have a worksheet that i i put together that i i give to people when they ask to kind of help figure out who they are and where they want to go and what their business is really standing for and i typically use it to work on messaging and differentiators and things like that but you know, you've really got to dig deep and, and figure out really what you want in life. Because if you're just doing something that uh, you think is going to help support your family, but your heart is not in it, you're not going to be happy and you're not going to um, be fulfilled. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really great advice. Um, really getting to know what you're passionate about and what, what you stand for, what your business stands for. 
Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I try very hard to to uphold my mission, vision, and values, and, and really, my mission. My mission. I kind of stated it a little bit earlier, but it is. I believe that everyone in this world has a unique opportunity to impact lives that only they can do. And like I said, it can be fulfilled, fueled, and funded through a business. You just have to have the right tools and resources. Mm, yeah, that's a really powerful message. And um, I think a lot of people maybe underestimate that they have that contribution, that they actually have a responsibility to get out into the world. So great message. Oh, thank you. The world needs you. That's the final note. The world needs you. Yeah. Finally, Desi, who else should I get on this show and why? Oh, my goodness. I have so many different people. Uh, first one that comes to mind, Claire Boss Scott. She is a great friend in the UK, and she uh, does business feng shui. And uh, she is amazing. She's so energetic. Um, she's, I mean, I have, like I said, I have so many. I have, I have a huge network, but she's first and foremost. Whenever I um, get asked for recommendations, she's, she's on my list. All right. Well, we'll get an introduction to Claire from you and reach out to her to see if we can get her on the show as well. So thanks for that. And thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights with us so generously today. I've really enjoyed this. There's been lots of great tidbits of information here that I think people can get a lot of value from and learn from. And all the best for the future, Desi. Let's keep in touch. Yes, absolutely. I hope you enjoyed that informative and delightful conversation with Desi and took something away from her episode. Desi combines a passion for her business with a service mindset and constant learning to build relationships with clients and help them grow their business as a result. I'd love to know what you took away from Desi's episode. Do leave a comment below the blog post which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Desi Bolin. That is D-E-S-I-B-O-L-I-N. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Desi Bolin. You'll also find contact information there so that you can get in touch with Desi, as well as links to the virtually sourced solutions website, to her social media pages, and to the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. If you liked our conversation, please do share it with many other people that it might help. Tag me in on those shares so that I can reach out to you with a special thank you. Desi suggested we have a conversation with business strategist Claire Bosk-Scott on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Claire, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Desi Bolin. Tune in again to the next episodes of the InnovaBuzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including founder of Happy Buying Brain, neuromarketing and business growth strategist Felix Ko, and a return appearance by Ritus Loris of Omnisend. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.